Um, how are all of you control freaks doing without knowing what spring Bible study is? I only say that because I identify with all of you. But I can tell you that it's going to be amazing, and we're really excited, and we will tell you soon. So with that, let's open in prayer, and we'll get started. Father, I thank you for just today in this space, and these women, and this study, and your word, and you, most of all, Father. We love you. We have loved digging into your word, and so we are just um, coming to the end of such a full semester. Thank you for the work you've done. In your son's name, we pray these things. Amen. So we have come to the conclusion of an amazing study on prayer, haven't we? Now, while I can't speak for most of you, I will say this has been a, what I feel like a transformative semester. And I can say that with confidence because so many of you have told us how transformative it has been just studying prayer and what that means. So do you remember at the beginning of the semester when I told you that story about Alexander the Great and that there was a philosopher who he was giving money to and this philosopher came and asked for this huge amount of money, so huge that Alexander the Great should have been offended by this, but instead he was deeply honored because that philosopher's request showed that he understood the magnitude of Alexander's wealth and generosity. And so I asked us that question, do our prayers reflect what we know of God? Do they reflect that we know and understand not just his generosity, not just his wealth, but him? And then challenged us to go after that this semester. Now, I think if we're honest, we would say that a lot of times we are really good about drawing near to God with everything that we have. And there's Also, a lot of times that we draw near to ourselves and our own understanding and our own sufficiency. And I can say that because I am for sure one of those, have done that my whole life. Now, I've told y'all before that I grew up um, in a Christian home with amazing parents, parents who were not perfect. They were broken like the rest of us, but they did their best to point me to the Lord. And so I knew the Lord from an early age. Maybe I should say I knew about the Lord from an early age, but I did not really know him until later. Um, I completed all the check boxes of how to do things the right way, in the right time, in the most churchy behavior possible. And that was my story. And so um, right out of college, I got married. And um, you, some of you who have been in Bible study before, you've heard me tell this story of what it was like um, getting married at a young age and then what was coming, but I'm going to ask you to stick with me because there's a different aspect to the story today. And so it wasn't long after I got married that I realized that something wasn't quite right in our relationship. Um, We went to counseling with a licensed uh, counselor and with our pastor every other week, um, only for me to find out after a few months that this man I had married had an extreme sex addiction. And sex addiction in the way, not as in it's a lot of sex, but in he had sex. It was an addiction. So it was dark and it was with other people, not who he was married to. It wasn't the wholesome aspect of this. That's what addiction looks like. And so he had tried within his own power, his whole life to kick that and never could. And so when it came to a head in our marriage, he decided that he would rather choose that life, that easy life and not stay married. And so I was wrecked. Because 30 days later, after we decided to divorce, 
we were legally divorced within 30 days. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. Everything that I had thought worked and was the right thing was actually not true at all. And, and I remember asking the Lord, thinking, I've, I've, I've followed you since I was six. God and I obeyed and I did the right things and I showed up at the right places and did all of that. And after I did this, God, you give me this. What do you want from me, God? And he said, for the first and the only time I've ever heard the audible voice of God, he said, Amy, I didn't want that. I just wanted you. And myself was the only thing I had never given him. And so I began to try things in a new way. I began to um, move toward God, to draw near to God in a personal way instead, instead of standing back and, and performing in the way that was comfortable for what I had done for most of my life. Um, there were days that I could not collect myself and get out of bed because it was just too overwhelming. And so I would lay in bed and just say, God, can you please get me from here to the shower because I can't make it. And then after that, I would stand in my closet and look and just be completely overwhelmed, unable to make a decision. God, can you just show me what to wear? Because I have to get dressed for work today. And then I would get in my car and drive to work and still be broken and sad. And God, God, can you please help me not to cry just for 30 minutes so I can literally see the road so I can drive? And that was what life looked like. It was a step by step, because that was all I could do. My only hope, my only idea of what would help, it was to call out to God and ask him to help. Have you ever been in a place like that where you are so overwhelmed, where you cannot even make a decision about what to wear that day? That you're in such a dark place that the only good thing you've got going is Jesus Christ himself. You see, that is where I was. And I had never prayed like that before in my whole life. I had never had to depend on God in that moment-by-moment radical dependence on God. I hadn't understood that he didn't just want my praise of him and my performance. He, He wanted me. And he wanted my thoughts. He wanted my concerns. He wanted me to talk to him and depend on him and trust him for every single aspect of my life, including showing me what to wear because I was too overwhelmed. And he was faithful. And he loved me so well. I trusted him with the minute, and he showed up with the miraculous. And ultimately, what I realized was that I was asking, actually, for more of God himself, for him to show up, for him to be my sufficiency, for him to be my provision. And now when there are times that I begin to draw near to myself and my own understanding, like yesterday, (laughs) I can look back and remember 2003. And when I put down those spiritual roots, I can look back at that time and see when God was so tangibly present and real in my life. And I can turn the corner and go, God, let's do this radical dependence, this step-by-step kind of prayer life again together. And so, friends, this is what you have been doing this semester. You, as you have gone through the Lord's Prayer, have been putting down spiritual roots. 
You have been studying God's word and hearing the teaching and going through the study. And what that has done is placed little markers along the timeline of this semester so that when there is a time that you go, I have just depended on my own understanding and it has gotten me to this point and I need to turn around. You can go back and go that semester in 2021 and I can open the word and study the Lord's prayer and remember what radical dependence on the Lord looks like. You have put down roots. This is a marker for you. Did y'all know that that's what you've been doing? Okay, some of you believe me and some don't. So let's go back and start at the beginning. Even if you said yes, we were going to go back to the beginning. So we started off the Lord's Prayer. Sissy started off the Lord's Prayer with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And she taught us our relationship with the Father leads to praise for the Father, and praise is the fuel of prayer. Y'all remember that? So that's why we begin with praise, to posture our hearts, which will fuel our prayers. Now, our Father is powerful. He is majestic. He is creator. Um, He is worthy of praise. He is holy. He is mighty and trustworthy. And we praise him so that we can realize a posture of who he is and who we are in light of him, and that he alone is worthy of receiving that praise and those prayers. And we call out to his character. We call out on his name. Who he is in our hearts are then prepared to seek his kingdom. So can you say that praise is the fuel of your prayers? Well, so then we move to the next line because now we are prepared to seek the kingdom. And so then we explored the kingdom with the next line of the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what we learned that day was to seek God's kingdom so I can surrender mine. You see, we have just praised God and we have just worshiped and declared him trustworthy. And so then we ask for God's kingdom to come and we admit that his holy kingdom, the kingdom we just praised, that this holy kingdom is the only one worth pursuing And because of that, we can surrender our own kingdoms. So we can wave the white flag of our own kingdoms. We surrender what we're carrying. We surrender those things that might be holding us back from truly understanding and truly seeking his kingdom. And when we surrender, we don't ask for anything except God himself. So can you say, I surrender my fear that I won't get that job. I surrender control of this situation of my household. I surrender my expectations of what should happen in this situation. And when we surrender, we only ask for his kingdom because he's enough. Can you say, Father, I surrender my will. So then knowing that he is all we need and knowing his will is coming, we can move to the next line of the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Shireen taught us that Jesus himself is the bread of life and with him we lack nothing. Okay, so we have just praised him and we acknowledge who God is. And so now we are in a posture to understand his glory. And when we see that, we are then willing to surrender our kingdom and ask for his. And then within the space of that kingdom, we are admitting that he is enough, that he is everything, that we trust him to meet our needs. We walk through this line of the Lord's Prayer and learned that Jesus wants us to come to him every day, For everything, 
even outfits, you guys. He knows our needs, our desires, and he knows what's best. In Mark 10, 51, he asked, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? And he's asking us that. So what are you asking Jesus to do in your life that only he can do? Can you trust him with your desires and your needs? So with the knowledge that he is our provider, we admit that he knows what's best, we have made mistakes, and then we move to the next line of the Lord's Prayer. Y'all see where we're going? Y'all are amazing. We say, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now, Alice taught us that we pray that forgiveness is a gift we've been given by Jesus, that we accept by faith, and it is a gift we are meant to re-gift. So let's review. We praise and acknowledge who God is, And once we acknowledge who God is, we are postured in an understanding of who he is in his glory. With that understanding, we can surrender our kingdoms and ask for his. And we're admitting that he is enough. He is everything. And we trust him to meet our needs both physically and relationally and in all aspects. So in seeing that he is all sufficient, he is going to meet all of our needs, we can say that we have experienced brokenness, that we have tried to meet our own needs ourselves. And in trying to meet those needs and satisfy those desires, we have made ourselves God and we have probably hurt others at the same time. And so part of God's kingdom and radically depending on him is seeing that we are called to, as Alice described it, a rugged commitment to community. And not just community, but actually healthy community that receives forgiveness from God and then regifts it to one another. So let me ask, have you experienced, have you received forgiveness from Jesus? And if you have, have you been willing to pass that forgiveness on to others? So we confess that we have tried and failed at this rugged commitment to community Because oftentimes when we are going after community, our hearts can get a little misaligned. And we have one additional request in the Lord's Prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, we ask for God, this is what Sissy said, we ask for God to protect us not just from the evil in the world, but the disordered desires of our hearts. Okay, so we praise and acknowledge who God is, and once we are postured in understanding of his glory and who he is, we can surrender our kingdom and ask for his, and we're admitting that he is enough, he is everything, he is um, the provider of all of our needs, we recognize his sufficiency, and we confess our insufficiency, and we confess that we have failed at this, com- this commitment, this rugged commitment to community. And you see, upon that confession, it becomes um, quickly clear that we are susceptible to the temptations of the world. When we confess, when we receive forgiveness, and when we forgive others, we can see that we are products of our environment because those relationships begin to be restored. And we go, well, where did this come from? Well, it's because of the environment, because of our fleshly desires, because um, we are, are tempted to, to be God many times. And so only when it's restored, when um, community within God's kingdom and communion with God himself has been restored, can we look around and see 
that all the disorder of our hearts have possibly led to, to us being willing to open our eyes to something besides God. And so we ask him to protect us from evil, to help us order the desires of our hearts so that we won't be tempted again. And so have you asked the Lord to reorder the desires of your heart and to align with his will? Have you recognized what sinful desires might be reigning in your life? And with that, we come to a mighty conclusion. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And Camille taught us it's important to remember that the kingdom belongs to God and the power belongs to God and that God alone is worthy of all glory, not just today, but forever. So we're going to review again. Okay, we start with praise. And then we are in a posture when we acknowledge who God is. We are now in a posture to see that his kingdom is the only one worthy of seeking and we can surrender our kingdoms. And once we surrender our kingdoms, we see that we are not capable of fulfilling all of our needs. And so we ask God, the creator, to meet all of those needs. And in seeing that he can meet all of those needs, we admit that we have tried to do it on our own, whether it's physically or relationally. And so then we have to confess and ask God to forgive us and our relationships with him and with another. And then when that is restored we can see that what happened was our hearts were misaligned and in, in, dis, in disorder. And we can ask God to realign those and protect us from the evil temptations that we experience. And once we have sought that protection and experienced it, we can look around and go, and yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So let me ask you, Do you acknowledge that God alone is the only one worthy? That his kingdom is the only one worthy? Is there anything, friends, that we can't trust him with? When we just walked through all of these things, is there anything we perhaps missed? You see, when we think about prayer this way, do you begin to understand the magnitude of not just his wealth, not just his generosity, but him He is worthy of our trust. I can trust him with my job search. I can trust him with my strained relationships. I can trust him with my cancer diagnosis. I can trust him with longing for connection. There is nothing I can't trust him with. I can trust him with helping to choose clothes for the day. And I can trust him with being there in my darkest hour. And then everything in between. This, my friends, this is your marker. This is when you will look back and go, he is trustworthy. As Tim Keller puts it about the Lord's prayer and how we talk to God, he says, wouldn't you like to be able to come face to face with the father and king of the universe every day to pour out your heart to him and to sense him listening to and loving you? And I think we would all respond with a resounding, yes. (laughs) And when we say yes, Jesus responds to us and says, well then, pray something like this. And then we have this picture of the Lord's Prayer. And you see, it's a step-by-step thing. We start with worship and go to surrender and on down the way. You see, if you look at it this way, we can't really proclaim that his is the kingdom until we understand that we have been under his protection and need it. We can't actually ask for his protection until we have said, 
we have tried to do it on our own and we cannot. And we, we actually aren't in a place to say that we can do it on our own until we have recognized that he is the ultimate provider and we can't recognize that he's the ultimate provider until we give up our own kingdoms and we aren't willing to give up our own kingdoms unless we start with worship and recognize who he is. Isn't Jesus smart? That he laid it out in this perfect way? And so if you're ever in a place where you're like, I don't know what to pray, I just woke up and today's going to be awful and I don't know where to go. Start with worship and by bedtime you'll be proclaiming. Jesus taught us to pray this way in a very intentional way. To start with worship and then we will end with proclamation. And so as we conclude this study, we are going to do a prayer experience together. We're basically going to put pen to paper where the rubber meets the road or things like that. But we need to acknowledge one of the most important things about the Lord's Prayer, and that's the communal aspect, that we do this together. Remember when we read the Lord's Prayer, it says, um, give us today, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. This is a communal prayer that we pray together. Alice said this in Lesson 6 when she was teaching. She said, The Lord's Prayer from beginning to end is a communal prayer to our Father because Jesus' kingdom vision was never just for God's personal rule in the heart of the individual, but for the creation of a new kind of human family, one not determined by biology or geography or vocation or any kind of social status or pedigree, but one determined entirely by faith in the one true king and characterized by love and a rugged commitment to unity. That's how Jesus said the world would recognize his kingdom people and would want to join them in the fellowship of the forgiven and the forgiving. This new kind of family... It's called the church, and we are in this together. It's the only way to participate in Jesus's kingdom mission. How many times did you sit this semester and listen in your small group and go, oh, I hadn't thought of that? Or you wrote down, oh, that's a really good point. You see, we do this together, and we learn from one another because, friends, you are the church, and this is the body of Christ. And so to conclude, we're going to put this into practice. We're going to go through the Lord's Prayer together at our tables, applying what we have learned. And so what's going to happen is I'm going to open us in prayer, and we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer line by line. It's similar to what we did the first week when we praised God at our tables. And so I will say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then around your table, out loud, you will say sentence prayers about to worship God. I worship you as my savior. God, I know you as creator who knows me inside and out. And so we're going to say sentence prayers, not run on sentences, not compound sentences. For the sake of time, we are saying sentence prayers. Okay. And then another note, when we get to forgive us our sins, we're going to confess in silence. We're not going to do the confession part out loud. You are welcome. That is between you and the Lord. Now, if you have a close circle of people, if you have an inner circle or a friend that you would like to do this with later and you feel comfortable confessing with that close, dear friend, girl, get after it. But today we are going to confess in silence, okay? Now, I'm going to give you a little prompt and then you will turn and pray. You can go ahead and turn to your tables. We'll have about a minute. 
between each line so that you each have time to not say something verbose and high pressure, but to just express to God this prayer. Are y'all ready? Okay. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hear us, Father, as we say our sentence prayers to worship you. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we now surrender our kingdoms to you without asking for anything in return except for you. I surrender my time and the need to control it, God. Lord, we pray, give us today our daily bread. Father, knowing that you are capable and sufficient, we ask for you to meet all of our needs. These are the specific ones. Hear our request. Lord, forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Father, we admit that we have failed at a rugged commitment to community. And we have sinned and we have fallen short of your glory. Hear us now as we confess our sins silently in our hearts.
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one who finds every little corner to get into. Father, we admit that our hearts are disordered and our desires often lead us to satisfying our flesh with the things of this world. And that when we do that, we become susceptible to evil ways. And so right now, hear us as we ask for your protection. We pray all these things in the confidence of knowing that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we all say, amen. Now, y'all, when I first learned to pray like this, I was working for a nonprofit. And every week at our staff meeting, we would do this together in a room of 30. And it took a while. But to this day, I can't go through the Lord's Prayer without thinking, which was on your little paper that was passed out. As we're saying the Lord's Prayer, I hear worship. I hear surrender. What am I going to surrender? I hear provision and think, what can I ask God to provide? What do I need to confess? It's amazing how we can say something out loud and have a whole stream of thoughts in the back of our mind. God has wired us in this amazing way. And so the more you do this, the more you will become comfortable and associated with, with how, to, how to pray and how to start with worship and conclude with proclamation. And so, friends, you have done it. We all have loads of work to do, and we will for the rest of our lives. But God is faithful, is he not? <laughs>